and welcome to episode 37 of Let's Talk Courses with me, Meg Parkinson. This is an audio lesson. I haven't given you one of these for a little while, so it's linked to Tuesday's episode, episode 36, about the nervous system. And it's a second part of an episode, an audio lesson that I gave you ages ago. It's episode six of which was, are you sitting comfortably? And it's basically me going through your position bit by bit as you ride. Um, And it's an extra layer on top of the episode six. So if you're new to the podcast and haven't scrolled all the way back yet, before you listen to this one, you might want to do episode six. You can obviously do it when you're not riding, but this is in real time so it's there to guide you whilst you're sitting on your horse. I would recommend an earbud or a bluetooth headphone in your ear rather than it out loud because there are obviously my horse's sounds because I'm recording this as I ride and that has spooked a few ponies and I don't want that to happen to you. Just whilst I've got you before we get going, reminding that our Wednesday webinars start next week the 7th of September so um, if you want to join me for a load of geeking out on rider biomechanics, conversation, connection with other riders and beautiful people that love all of this stuff too, just head to my website megparkinson.com, click on the classes, workshops and webinars bit, find webinars in the drop down and you can book in there. Um, I would love to see your face. I'd love to see and hear your questions and you'll see when if you click on the rider mechanics one you'll see all of the dates and what dates are which part of the body um so if there's something specific you want to focus on but like I said to my um riding club yesterday when I was doing a live for them if and if you think your problems in your feet I would highly recommend that you you kind of look at all of it because it's whole rider, whole horse, that's what we're looking at. So just go and take a look at that. Um, But for today, I will leave you with this audio lesson. I hope you're having an amazing week. Um, Burly dressage starts today, first time in three years, so I'm super excited. Um, I'm hoping to get there tomorrow. So if you've listened to this before the Friday and you're there and you want to come and say hi, just drop me a message, DM And um, yeah, I'd love to kind of say hi. So anyway, I'll stop waffling. Have a great ride. Hello. So today is going to be all about our position as a rider. It's a ride along audio lesson. So I'm going to give you cues and prompts as a rider to feel. Um, Mainly in walk, obviously you can take these prompts and cues into your trot and canter work in your own time, but, and also whilst you're riding in this session, but today I'm going to stay in a walk. Um, And it's a follow-on from the audio lesson that I recorded a long time ago now, Are You Sitting Comfortably? So if you haven't listened to that one maybe go back and do that one first just so you're kind of like in the zone of what we're asking for from our body and our horses 
So recently I wrote a post about, um, or a vlog, about creating impulsion and fluidity with our horses and what can actually stop that. And I referred to it as your kink. So imagine a yard hose with a kink in it. And when that kink is there, the water doesn't flow as fluidly through the hose. Maybe it stops it altogether or maybe it just lessens the flow. And um, as a rider, we want the horse's energy to flow from the hindquarters through their body, um, across their back and into the contact. And if we have any kinks in our bodies, we could turn that tap up, i.e. put as much aid on as we want. But if we um, don't release that kink, that energy, that water isn't going to flow through. So we have, have to find that balance with ourselves that we aren't causing a kink in the horse's energy by tightness somewhere in our body. And the tightness can be a physical tightness, so a fixed knee or a too tight a calf or a rigid seat. And it also can be an energetic tightness. So horses are very energetic creatures. They are not only taking your actual physical aid, but they are also taking the energy that you apply with that aid. So if everything in your body is screaming no, but your legs are saying go, your horse will be far more listening to the energy of no rather than the leg aid of go because that's how they've learned to survive within their own herd and trusting of actually the truth of the situation around them. So today we're going to look a little bit deeper into the rider position and start with um, coming along the lines of energy. Now, as soon as I say energy, some of you might go, oh, that's a bit woo, but please bear with me because we're not going to go along the spiritual side of things, but we're going to go along the energy of our parasympathetic nervous system and our sympathetic nervous system. So you have a parasym your parasympathetic, no, both your nervous system effectively is autonomic. So it switches on and off. And what it wants to be doing is flicking on and off throughout the day. So something will charge you up, release a bit of adrenaline, pop you into the state of a sympathetic nervous system, so a little bit more of a stressed, energised state, and then something will calm you back down, switch you off, relax. And we only need to look at our horses or our fellow animals in their fields, grazing, to see those nervous systems switching on and off. They might spook at something, run a little way, and then start grazing again. So they've switched their energy on and then they've switched it back off again. But quite often in the human world is we get locked into one form of nervous system through various reasons. Could be big T trauma, little T trauma, could be just general overwhelm of stress from work, uh, school, millions of different reasons that create us to kind of start to live a little bit more in the parasympathetic nervous system which no sorry the sympathetic nervous system which is the slightly fight flight freeze response of ourselves and that's you might already know all of that you might know yeah I know this Megan we've got to do our relaxation 
But what recent studies have started to show is that not only do we psychologically live in this system, but actually mechanically we start to move in a sympathetic or a parasympathetic way. So the main muscles that you get charged energy with when you're in the fight-flight response nervous system are the big muscles that create the ability to take to run and to fight. So that would be things like your glutes, your thighs, your big power packs, basically, but also your shoulders and your upper arms, all the way down into the hands. And when we are in this state, our body moves very, very differently to when we are in the parasympathetic nervous system of rest and digest. So when we're in that state, those muscles aren't charged, they're not tight, they're not tense, and, they're not, and, then, and your movement is very different. This is on a seriously subtle level. So unless someone is working at one extreme end of that scale, it's actually sometimes quite hard to spot as a coach and even as a rider yourself. So I'm going to talk about how do we create a state that our body can work in much more of the rest digest space because that is actually where we need to work from when we ride rather than in the fight flight space. So as you're riding, what we don't want to do is we don't want to have those fight flight muscles switched on all of the time because they when they are switched on all of the time, they create much more rigidity through those areas. And those areas, as a rider, tend to need to be the most mobile areas um, to be able to follow the horse's movement and create stability and suppleness and balance from the rider and the horse. So if those areas are charged with that fight-flight response, what happens is they kind of lock on into this much more stiffer power pack of a pattern rather than mobile, mobile usage, let's say. So what happens then is those areas become your kink. They become that kink in the hose that restricts the horse's movement following through because they're locked on. So I'll give you a couple of examples. So if you are in moving in the sympathetic state, so you're moving in the stressed state within your body, if your body is locked into that stressed state and stressed movement pattern, the rib cage and the shoulder girdle will be much more um, lock, locked together with their movement. So you would have yourself or your rider, if you're a coach, when you ask them to roll their shoulders back or bring their shoulders back, instead of the shoulder girdle being the thing that moves, the chest will and the rib cage will flare forwards to create the shoulder back feel rather than it being a movement deep in the shoulders and that shoulder joint. So that can be a sign that the rider is working within the sympathetic nervous system within their body that though the shoulder and the rib cage are locked together in movement so one has to move with the other they can't move independently and another side of it is where in the hip joint 
where the rider needs to expand the angle of the hip joint um, from the thigh to the belly in maybe the rise trot or in for the swing through the canter or the swing even through the walk. Um, and there's a limiting factor of being able to do that because the hip muscles, the glutes and the thighs are fully charged so there becomes much more of a locked element of that movement and they all kind of have to, all those muscles have to move together rather than an independence within the hip joint. And the problem with this is, is you could tell this rider to stretch out and do as much as possible, but whilst their body is kind of circulating in that um, sympathetic nervous system state, they will find that incredibly hard because the survival side of the brain will be fully switched on and ultimately that kind of nervous system will be running quite high in the background, not necessarily even acknowledged by the rider. They won't necessarily feel fear or nerves, but there'll be this kind of background hum within their body of staying, um, staying alert and ready to take fight, take flight or take fight. So as a rider or as a coach, what we need to do is we need to try to flick that switch and get the body out of that sympathetic nervous system movement and much more into a parasympathetic nervous system movement. Um, and it comes with a few ways. It won't happen straight away. So you have to kind of start to unlock gradually. And what you'll find is as you start to effectively switch the buttons in the correct order, the nervous system starts to switch with you and the, it, it, it's like a, a rolling effect. So it gets bigger, it's a snowballing effect. It gets bigger, the changes are bigger, the more buttons that are switched. So the first thing we need to look at is, and this is why I bang on all of the time about neutral pelvis alignment. So ultimately, if the body is the basics, the real fundamental basic of this is if the body is in correct alignment, the nervous system is not, is cooled because the body is stable and strong and it's in its neutral state. If the body is out of alignment, you are slightly revving that engine of the nervous system and especially if it's in a certain pattern of alignment that creates that sympathetic nervous system movement. So i.e. pelvis is tilted forwards because the pelvis tilted forwards gives the brain a little, little red flag signal through the back door. So it's not a conscious signal that you're aware of, but a little red flag signal through the back door that this body that we're in is actually getting ready to take flight. And if that's the case, we need to be a bit more alert. And it's so we need to think about neutralizing the pelvis, which will start switching a few of those buttons of that nervous system into a parasympathetic state, into a rest and digest state. So in that first audio lesson I gave you with, are you sitting comfortably? 
I asked you to rock your pelvis forward so you felt a little bit more into the pubic bone, rock your pelvis backwards so you felt a little bit more into the flesh of your bum, maybe not even feeling the seat bones because you're kind of lifting the pubic bone off and you're just kind of sitting on the flabby bit of your bum. And then just doing that a few times until you can find the place where you can feel the pubic bone and the two seat bones making an even contact with the saddle. And that is your neutral pelvis. So you've probably all seen the pictures, the line drawing pictures from the Pony Club magazine from all those years ago of the pelvis being a bucket and you want your bucket to be upright so it doesn't spill any water. So by creating this three-point plug, by feeling the pubic bone and the two seat bones in connection with the saddle, we are creating that bucket to be stable and to support that water so it doesn't spill forwards or back. That's a neutral pelvis. So already once you start to create that and manage that and maintain it, you are already switching one of the many buttons from red high alert to green, it's okay. But that's not enough, because if we just stop there, there's, there's a few buttons we need to press. So we're still, there's still a hum of that sympathetic nervous system. There's still a hum of tension in your own body and therefore a kink in the hose. So once you've got that neutral pelvis and even balance through both seat bones and into the pubic bone, so your pelvis is nice and even over the horse's back, the next stage is to release those legs, so letting those thighs, let go of the horse's sides for a moment, feel like the inside of the thigh is then rested against the saddle, so you're not letting the knee flop out. But then also feeling the weight dropping and the awareness dropping all the way down to the soles of your feet, so you can feel yourself spread your toes within your boots. You're aware of an even balance across the balls of your feet across your stirrup tread, but also you're aware of an even weight of that stirrup tread and also into the heel. So there's a, again another triangular feeling in both feet. The flat bit of the triangle spreads across the ball of your feet and the point of the triangle is in the centre of your heel and you're aware of that whole connection and you're aware of that as, as an even connection in both feet. So now you're starting to feel not only that three-point plug in your pelvis, but we're going to switch another switch off is because we're going to tell the body and the brain that we are stable in our feet. So there's been a bit of a debate recently on what if a coach tells you light feet. And the only way I can think about what they mean is, is they don't want you to um, be so heavy in your legs that you're not actually activating your legs but you still need to be able to feel your feet because your feet are a really huge part, especially the soles of your feet, are a really huge part of your nervous system and the psychology of the body understanding that we are balanced and safe. So if our weight all stops at our knee and our legs just kind of wang around underneath our knee, we are still kind of charging that sympathetic state of the nervous system with the feeling of we are not stable, we are not in control, we are not, there is a, there is a, risk of falling. So once you get that whole of the sole of the foot on both feet felt and everything feels nice and even on both sides, just check back into your pelvis and just think about 
bringing those legs, so you're activating the midline a little bit. So as you're bringing those thighs in, you're not gripping, but you're kind of just feeling a little bit of awakening down the inside of those legs. With the sole of the feet, just imagine we've done this before, that the, the, there's a bright light shining out of the whole of the sole of the foot. So it's a foot-shaped light, and that's going to shine directly down behind your horse's front legs. So it doesn't shine out to the sides, and it certainly doesn't shine out at like a 10 and 2 position. It's straight down. And that's the kind of feeling you want to get. So those two things, now you're feeling the sole of your feet, you're feeling your pelvis. We've switched another switch off towards that, heading towards that parasympathetic state. And you might already start to feel a little calmer where your that rumbling in the back of your mind has started to settle a little bit. As the body and the brain is starting to re receive signals from the body, but there is a stability within now that maybe there wasn't so I just want you to then just with this just really be aware of what your knees are doing and if you're riding out straight just have a look down and check that one knee isn't kind of more rotated out than the other that you can get that nice even connection down the inside of your legs without the pelvis changing so again that nervous system needs that neutral pelvis to feel safe and to feel like it can let one of those red light switch to green so always everything every movement every positional movement you're now making is coming from a state of okay as i make this positional change can i maintain this three-point plug can i maintain this feeling of the soul the whole of the soul of both feet so that's your lower body hopefully now feeling maybe a bit more switched on Hopefully the legs feel a little bit more stable because you're now activating through the soles of your feet and your ankles. You're not kind of letting them flop around. And then we start to look up to our spine. And we want our spine to be in correct alignment. And unfortunately, it's not just a case of aligning our shoulders above our pelvis and hoping that everything else will do it. Quite a lot of us have got into this sympathetic moving pattern through many years of just living life as a human. So we have to be aware of activating the muscles once more that hold us in correct alignment. And most of us will probably not hold ourselves in correct alignment. We will take the path of least resistance. And when our spine isn't aligned, it does, it does, a, it does quite a few things. So one of the things it can do is it is that, again, that rumbling sensation through the body of we're not quite supported here. We're not quite balanced. It also means that you don't have the full range of movement through your spine because you will have pinch points that are hyper mobile and other points that are fixed shut. So when I talk about having an open back, what I mean by that is, some of you have questioned in post, what does an open back mean? Is that your vertebrae are stacked sufficiently on top of one another that there is a freedom of movement to that. There's not kind of like a stuckness where the vertebrae are slightly misaligned and therefore you get fixed points of movement. 
and that your back can respond happily to the movement that your horse is asking of it. And that's what we want to be really aware of. So how do we do that? So again, just a reminder, keep the lower body as you have been. So any movement through the spine now needs to come from a place of, as I make these adjustments, can I maintain my three-point plug? Can I maintain the feeling of activity through my legs? Can I maintain the feeling of the whole of my foot? So the majority of riders will not switch on their deep central core. And we will find that we have like this collapse through the lower back region and the belly kind of sags out a little bit and hangs out. And that's just a sign that we're not engaging that those spinal alignment muscles. So I want you to start, start to become a bit more aware of your breastbone. So the bone that runs down the center of your chest. And I want you to feel into that and notice it does your, where's your breastbone pointing? So is it kind of pointing a little bit out towards the pommel of the saddle? And what happens if you were to draw it down a little bit? Now, I will preempt this with, if your shoulders are in that sympathetic structure where... Excuse the fart and the jump in the air. What are you doing? If your shoulders are in that sympathetic structure where they're kind of locked forwards, as you start to bring this breastbone much more in alignment, as you start to bring your rib cage much more in alignment, you will find that you might get a feeling that you're leaning forwards. But that's not the case. Your alignment of your spine is starting to come into the correct position. And it's just your shoulders that are too far forwards, but it's not actually the whole torso of your body. So ignoring your shoulders for a minute and ignoring the feeling of maybe coming forwards, remembering three-point plug, pelvis neutral, so you're not suddenly dipping a load more weight into your pubic bone. I want you to think about bringing your rib cage on top of your hips. And I've talked to this about before. And again, we're do, coming at it at the angle of a cooling the nervous system and creating an inner strength for ourselves that our body can then start to uh, release and relax rather than feel like it has to be on guard the whole time. So you might have been practicing this before, but I just want you to continue to practice this. So breastbone comes down the center of your body and points towards your pubic bone and not the pommel of the saddle. So you start to hover your whole rib cage above the top of your hips, oh, pelvis, and they're nicely aligned now. So one isn't too far forwards or too far back. And just notice what that creates. And you'll probably feel there's a little bit of a switch on, or maybe quite a lot of a switch on, around just behind your navel region, where your deep core muscles have suddenly had to do a little bit of work to maintain this alignment. And that's good. So as you find that switching on, just double checking again, back into the pelvis, back into the feet, back into the legs, and check that nothing else of that has changed in a negative way. And you've now switched another of those switches, red to green. So your spinal alignment is starting to head towards much more of a neutral space. So your back can do the job it's meant to do. Your body isn't giving your brain the we're really unstable, we're really floppy, 
it's giving your brain the we can do this good girl i'm just gonna go past a scary bush and you're starting to feel a bit more secure and just have a moment with this and just notice if there's a change a more subtler or it can be quite big change in just how your body feels in general how do your arms feel do you feel is there a change in how tightly you're holding the reins or how your horse even more importantly how your horse is feeling underneath you now you've actually got them and supporting them with your seat and your body rather than just in your hand maybe and then now you've got this much more aligned spine with the rib cage over the top of the pelvis if you do feel like you're tilting forwards from the shoulders I want you to first start off by bringing the neck back a little bit but as you do so make sure that the rib cage doesn't move in unison so again we're trying to now unlock this sympathetic pattern of this whole upper body moving as one so then the chin can lift but try not to let that chest flare suddenly just notice how that feels and it might feel a bit different a parasympathetic a fight flight response a sympathetic sorry fight flight response it's very much like chin really stuck out forwards. So bringing your chin back, bringing your neck back in line with your spine is very much a signal to the brain that we are no longer needed to be in this fight and flight response. And then from here, just see what you can do with your shoulders. If you do feel like they're a little bit locked forwards, you might start to feel that you can release those muscles across your collarbone and across the front of the shoulder where you can gently feel the shoulder blades slide around the back. But again, doing this without it affecting the alignment of the rib cage over the top of the pelvis. So keeping the rest of the body switched on and stable and in that alignment. And just notice how that feels. And that's you starting, and that's you switching off another one of those buttons. So we're pretty much, if we were looking at this switchboard now, we should be now aligning with much more green lights than red lights. And hopefully what you're feeling now is that some areas of your body that might have struggled to release in the past, excuse the wind in your ears, is actually, are actually starting to soften. So that real kind of like whirring of that nervous system, that highly charged nervous system is dropping out and the body can start to do what it's meant to do is move adequately move well and not move in this kind of fixed pattern so that's just a little bit of um positional alignment from a slightly different point of view and what i'd love for you to do now is i'm not going to take you through this today um this is my first ride back on after a week off so we're just walking but i will come back to this in a little a little time and add in the trot and the canter but have a play with this new awareness that you now have of how the body works and see if you can then bring that through into trot and canter if they if they are paces that you use and see what happens with that and how that starts to create maybe a little bit more space in your mind 
and in your position for that softness that we so desperately seek. Um, hopefully it's made a bit of sense. I'm fully aware this is quite abstract and maybe something very different to what a lot of you have ever come across in riding stroke been taught before. So please, please, I urge you, if more questions have come up from this than answers, or you feel something that you're like, should I be feeling that? Or this happens, no question is a stupid question. Please just message me because you won't be the only one thinking it. And I want, I'm here to help you and not to confuse you more. <laughs> so um, yeah, you're, you're doing me a favor and you're doing yourself a favor and you're doing the whole club a favor if you, if you voice those confusions because that gives me a chance to really key down on what I'm trying to explain to you and make sure that it's actually heard in the right way. So have a go, have a play, but don't be afraid to ask. You asking a question isn't you looking stupid, and it's certainly you not doubting me. It's just me having to clarify what I'm saying. So I won't take any offence at it. Um, but have a little go with this. Notice what's happening within you and your horse as you do this. And I will see you next time for a little bit more exploration. But have a great rest of your ride or day and practice this off the horse as well. The more we move in this parasympathetic way, the easier it will be to do it when we're riding too. So maybe have this on whilst you're out walking as well. Anyway, have a great day. Hi, me again. Just a little reminder that if you enjoy my content and want to learn more, join my community and basically further your knowledge in both horses and your own rider position, I have opened the doors to my new online riding club and you can get involved too for £15 a month. You can have access to so much information, teachings, lessons from equi-stretch sessions through to our private podcast, schooling ideas, audio lessons and so, so much more. So the link is in the show notes. Um, head over there and I'd love to see you as part of the community.